The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. We're here to continue our discussion of that one play. And we have a cool one for you tonight. It is the 2008 Texas Stadium finale in which the Ravens beat the Cowboys 33-24, highlighted by a couple of long touchdown runs. But Willis McGahee's 77-yard touchdown run uh, with just a couple of minutes left in the game is the one that we're going to talk about tonight. Here to join me on that is Dan Abrahimi. Dan, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Ken. Thank you so much for having me. Uh Great to have you. Thanks. Thanks for suggesting this. Uh, you know, surprisingly, it took a long time for someone to pick this. Uh, you know, it was like 25th or 30th on the list of of such shows, but but really appreciate it. It's obviously it's a big play in Ravens history. Uh, why did you pick it? I think it came at a, at a pretty seminal moment uh, for me in my Ravens fanhood. Um I was a, a freshman in high school at the time, and that, that was just kind of a time when I was uh, hanging out with with all of my childhood friends uh, watching the game. And obviously, that was such a pivotal season, you know, uh, two years after that, uh, the high of 2006 and uh, after uh, the, the dizzying low of 2007. And then just everything that uh, that 2008, 2008 had been up to that point, uh, this this kind of felt like the perfect game to encapsulate that wild regular season. Yeah, Flacco and Rice, obviously their first years and one-two picks and and uh, great start to Joe's career. Uh, certainly a lot of uh, foreshadowing in terms of postseason success. The Ravens had just lost a very tough ball game the week before. Right, right. I think uh, I think every Ravens fan uh, remembers that one. It was uh, arguably the start of uh, of those really tough times uh, the Ravens were having with the Steelers. Obviously, uh, Roethlisberger takes the team uh, in under two minutes. He takes them 92 yards, uh, and, and Santonio Holmes uh, maybe got across the goal line, maybe didn't, but uh, I, th- I think we all remember that one uh, all too well. Yeah, it's, it's a strange play because it was reviewed, and I don't see how you could you could say, uh, you know, with incontrovertible proof or whatever that it was across the – uh, the end zone if he if he you know had a, at that point but anyway they gave it to him and and uh the Steelers won the game 13 to 9 and and that was a you know a darn shame obviously uh so the, the Ravens go into this game in Dallas and they are not they do not yet have their playoff uh fate secure in fact it took them till the last week of the season to secure it but they went into this game, I believe. Let me think about where they were. They were nine and five going into it. Does that sound right? 
Yeah, that's that's correct. They ended at 11 and 5, won their last two games. Okay. So they're playing the Cowboys. They actually ended up in a very tight race with one of the few times an 11 and 5 team was kept out of the playoffs. And that was the Patriots, uh, who ended up not making the playoffs that year, remarkably, with despite the 11 and 5 record. So the Ravens needed this game in Dallas, and then they needed the next one as well against Jacksonville at home. But uh, where were they in the game? Give us kind of the setup on the on the big play here. So it it had definitely been a weird game up to that point. Uh, they had actually only scored one touchdown, but Matt Stover, uh, obviously the Dallas native, as as we all heard so much heading into that game, uh, uh, selling uh, newspapers outside of the stadium in his childhood, was uh, four for four on field goals, but. They were all pretty short field goals in order. It was 26, 29, 37, and 35. So there was definitely some frustration from from the Ravens up to that point with just a total lack of red zone success. In fact, on their only touchdown, it was a 13-yard strike uh, from Flacco to Mason. And they only got it because they did a fake punt. One of the very, very few that Sam Cook ran in his career, he ran for a nine yards on, I, be- I believe it was fourth and six. And that only came two plays after a Laron McLean fumble that Derek Mason recovered. So it, it was really, really interesting kind of where the Ravens were at that point. Dallas wasn't really playing well either, though. Yeah, One thing I remember about Mason is that he was playing hurt in that game. I kind of had a problem with the arm. And they were talking about it. And a remarkable when a fumble recovery happens by the offensive team in the secondary. Offensive teams recover a fair number of fumbles on sacks because they have offensive linemen around and they sometimes will fall on a ball if it bounces a significant distance. But they don't recover very many when they're in the secondary and usually a receiver has been tackled to do that. You know, you're not supposed to have two receivers in the same area, but somehow Mason got to, the, got to that point uh, downfield, made the recovery, kind of got a lucky bounce a little bit, and, the, and then the Ravens went on to score. Absolutely. Absolutely. That was that was uh, one one of my favorite uh, games from Derek Mason as a Raven uh, caught all six targets for 66 yards in a score. And, and I think the Ravens needed every single one of them to be in that position. Efficient game, certainly in that 2008 game in that 2008 season. What I remember about Derek Mason a lot was he lived on that little 10 yard hitch route. He just came back. He, he, he did have a little bit of speed. So I guess that he was still you know, thought to be a little bit of a, a of a deep threat, uh, but but he lived off that back shoulder and and was turning around to catch the ball. He and Flacco definitely had a good connection there. Flacco certainly had the arm strength to get the ball outside there and make the back shoulder throw a viable and not particularly risky affair. And uh, and Mason was very good at it. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I, that was so huge in Flacco's development, being able to rely on a on a proven veteran like Mason on a on a route like that. Almost like having a tight end is supposed to be that security blanket, except in him, it's an outside receiver that uh, that's the guy. Absolutely. And his actual tight end wasn't a bad security blanket in heap <laughs> no. at that point either. Yeah. All right. So score is now it's it, the, the Cowboys have, have closed the lead to 19 to 17 with 350 to play. So this is a ball game now. And the Ravens have got to get a first down or maybe a couple of first downs to seal the game, right? Yeah, that, that's correct. And um, at, at that point, uh, the Ravens had just uh, seen a nine-point lead shrink down to two, as you mentioned. And uh, 
you know, I, I don't think Cowboys fans at that point would have been all that all that happy with how their team had played uh, before that uh, Terrell Owens uh, seven yard score from from Romo to close the lead to two. They had only scored one touchdown and it was it, they only had to go. I, I think it was three or four yards because DeMarcus Ware had a strip sack of Flacco right in the opening four minutes of the game. Mm-hmm. So it, it had certainly been an interesting game uh, up, to, up to that point with with each team kind of having a frustrating performance. Yeah, they, the Cowboys had a tough game. They only had 16 first downs in the game, 4.8 yards per play. So not an exciting game from them in terms of the offense. And, and honestly, a lot of that was on Romo not having a particularly good game with, uh, with two picks. Right, right. And uh, I had kind of forgotten how bad that first one was um, that that actually set up the DeMarcus Ware strip sack on Flacco. Um, I I think that was only second and three uh, from the 49 yard line. And and Romo just kind of launched it in a triple coverage. And and one of the three Ravens in the area was Ed Reed. So that that was one, one of the worst decisions I feel like you'll you'll see. Ed Reed had a long return in this game where it was it was it second and three. I got to look back in this again uh, and just see it was a you know, there's a sack on third and ten. That's not the one. Ah, uh, well, I'll find it. But I, I what what I remember Romo saying after the fact was that that's just a punt. You know, that's thrown all the way down the field. But then Ed Reed got his hands on the ball. and That meant there was a good punt return involved. Exactly. Exactly. And and I. When I initially watched it, I kind of thought it was a punt too, but I, I believe it was only second down and the Cowboys had the ball at midfield and, and really only needed to go a short way for a first down. So the the, the decision-making was was really curious. Romo was still pretty young at that point, I think. I think that was his second full season starting for the Cowboys, if I'm not mistaken. So um, just a really kind of curious decision from him. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. been a lot better announcer than he was a quarterback anyway so <laughs> Absolutely. actually i really appreciate him as an announcer i don't know how you feel about it yeah i i uh he, he's kind of um growing a little stale to me i think i think right when he started it was the super bowl between uh the la rams and the patriots in that snooze fest of a super bowl where the main play was uh Gronkowski catching a long pass down the far sideline and, and Romo announcing that before it would happen after a game of no long pass plays uh, was one of the more impressive things I've ever seen from an announcer. He does he does something when a quarterback goes to the line of scrimmage where he suddenly like kind of transforms himself into the decision making like of the quarterback. I really like that. I think it's a, it's a it's a fresh 
element to announcing that I think is is very positive. So he's, you know, he comes to the line and goes, okay, it's third and two. I'm looking at my, my receiver over here. I, I see the tight end is here. I, I just love that. I really, uh, I, I've, I've come to really appreciate that. And I like, a, I, another thing I like about it is the variety of announcing styles that can be born out of something like Romo being a success is, you know, you've got now the Mannings doing their little thing as a, as a sidelight, which is, which is, fun it's a it's 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 definitely a kind of a cool thing and you've got others that can get on a network tv and and make it work um that that'd be like romo anyway i think it's been a, a big positive for football uh I, i've been happy to have him out of the game of football with all the drama that went with him but the but the announcing career honestly very cool agreed absolutely take us to the run itself so the run itself was was really interesting. I think the first thing that kind of caught me was just who was on the Ravens' offensive line at this point. Uh, it's it's kind of interesting to go back to to a time before uh, that that those really kind of just couple years between the Ravens' two best offensive linemen ever and Jonathan Ogden and Marshall Yonda. And this this offensive line certainly was that it was it was filled with guys who weren't really necessarily known as Ravens when it was all said and done. Uh, from right to left, it was Willie Anderson, Chris Chester, Jason Brown, Ben Grubbs, and Jared Gaither. So, so that was kind of the first thing that struck me. Um, but b- basically, um, I think the star of the play, other than McGahee, was probably Jason Brown. Um, he made a beautiful block on, I believe it was Brady James with Marcus Spears right behind him. And then uh, Chris Chester also had a nice block on Zach Thomas in the second to last game of what uh, was now officially a Hall of Fame career. Uh, after that, Willis was was pretty much just downhill. Uh, uh, he obviously, uh, those aforementioned blocks were on linebackers. And then Willis was just uh, sprinting downhill through the secondary for uh, for a full 70 yards. So that, that was really impressive. Um, one of McGahee's better runs in, in Baltimore, I believe he had uh, a similar one at the end of, at the end of the next season in Oakland. Put him, yeah, put him in the playoffs. That was a great run. It might've been also 77. In fact, it was, it was, oh, it was somewhat like in the seventies, but I, I saw the same thing you did in terms of the play and that offensive line was fantastic. I mean, Chris Chester, was a hell of an offensive lineman for starters. And I think I, he made definitely one of the key plays because he climbed a level two and made a nice block on a linebacker. On the other side, I'm trying to remember if a safety, maybe Hamlin for the Cowboys, slipped slightly on the play, which didn't allow him. But, I mean, McGahee was gone, and they were so far packed to the line of scrimmage to stop the run. They were completely committed to it that it really left them in a, in a, a bad position to execute a well execute against a well-executed blocked well-blocked play and the Ravens have still to this day a great point of attack rushing offense that can pierce a very uh you know shallow defense like that and it didn't take much of a mistake on the on the on the uh, side of the Cowboys to make this happen it was mostly just a very well-blocked play as I recall it absolutely I totally agree I totally agree and and uh, for me, uh, not not to get too far off track, but it was really it. it ju- I just feel like for both teams, it kind of came to define the next couple of years. Uh, you know, the Ravens obviously experienced a lot of playoff success immediately after that, and Dallas, uh, to put it mildly, did not. But you know, that was a year when the NFC was was kind of wide open. A four seed in the Arizona Cardinals hosted the NFC Championship mm-hmm. game that year, and you just kind of wonder, you know, looking back on on Romo's Romo's full uh, playing career. Um, you know, whether that could have been a year when when they made some noise and potentially made a conference championship game. 
Yeah, that that would have been his chance. And that that uh, Cardinals team almost won the Super Bowl. Uh, they certainly it took one of the luckiest plays in Super Bowl history at the end of that first half to to basically uh, win the game or lose the game for them. I should say two things about the about the run. First of all, we won't talk about McLean's run. We'll save that for another day. But he ran 80, 82 or eighty three yards. Uh, the next play, <laughs> the Ravens ran from scrimmage because the Cowboys again drove for a touchdown. The Ravens are going to need one more first down, so they ran a real play. McLean goes the distance. Uh, another case of of penetrating a uh, a defense because they had a head coach who was defensive minded in Phillips, Bum Phillips, Bum Phillips. That's not right. I think that was his dad. He was the yes. big tuna. Uh, yeah, and and, uh, and and who am I thinking of? Uh, Wade, I think. Wade Phillips. There you go. Wait, wait, so Wade, Wade Phillips uh, just said, "I, you know, I've never seen anything like it." Well, he's never were truer words spoken. The the two longest runs by opponents in Dallas Stadium history and Texas Stadium history were those two runs. And it was open in 1971. It got closed in 2008. In those 38 seasons, those two plays consecutively on the last two plays from scrimmage were the longest runs in uh, uh, by an opponent in Texas Stadium history. So very. Very cool place, a lot of history, and I tell you what, it was great to see it shut down like that, and and have the Cowboys greats walk on the field like that after a loss. Uh, just was really sweet. I know for me personally, and and I know for the for the Ravens players. Absolutely, absolutely, and and one additional crazy thing about that is that the the play before that between the Owens touchdown catch and the McGahee run, Yaman figures actually fumbled the kickoff, and for a second there, it didn't really look certain that the Ravens recovered it so I mean that could have just changed changed yeah. everything it really it, it is one of those things that you know most people have forgotten about that could have changed the trajectory of the next few seasons for for both teams yeah absolutely yeah one story I always like to tell when I when I talk about this game is that Texas Stadium they they tore it down or they imploded it eventually I don't know how long it took them to destroy it but they needed the space and what they needed the space for is so Dallas it's not even funny they needed a space to house the materials for an expansion of the interstate system. <laughs> and if, you, if you've been to the Midwest, or even if you know kind of how the Midwest laid out, extremely flat. The Dallas area, very flat. You'd be at a hotel, you can see for miles and miles, it's just, it's, it's flat. And so all they have to, what they have to do to build interstates in a place like that is they have to build all sorts of ramps and bridges, and it, it takes a lot of effort to do that. And, of course, they needed a ton of materials for that. I just thought that was hilarious to me was that, that they had to, uh, uh, had to use the, the area from the stadium to just, to just house those materials for expansion of the interstate. Anyway, Dan, really appreciate having you on. Uh, tell folks if, if they want to, where can they talk football with you online? Uh, I, I'm an infrequent Twitter user. Uh, DRE8820 is my username. Uh, I, I don't I don't use it very much, but uh, but I'm a huge fan of your show. I try to listen to every episode. So thank you so much for having me on, Ken. This was awesome. Really appreciate that, Dan. You obviously came very well prepared today, and I always appreciate that and, and uh, like having a lively discussion about a game like this that's dear to both of us, obviously. Other folks out there, if you want to be on an episode like this, just like Dan, uh, Little research is is great, but you be you. So to, tell me your pers- perspective on an important play. Maybe you were there. Maybe it was at some pivotal crossroads of your own life. Maybe it's something about the Ravens history that you think it's central to. Whatever your viewpoint is, that's great. I'd love to hear from you. DMs are always open on Twitter with your idea, and uh, I'll get back to you very quickly. Dan, thanks again for coming on. Thank you so much, Ken. And we'll talk to you next time on Film Study. <laughs> 
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.